Welcome to Urban Homestead Radio, preserving a homegrown way of life and inspiring others to bring the revolution home. Thanks to the support of our sponsor, Lehman's. For over 60 years, they have provided practical, non-electrical tools, appliances, and home goods. When technology fails, their products will certainly work. Check out their website at lehmans.com. That's L-E-H-M-A-N-S dot com. Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway, right down there on the urban homestead. Hi, homesteaders. I'm your host, Annie Sturvase from the Urban Homestead in Pasadena, California. Today, I'm joined by my brother, Justin, who is head farmer and, well, head farmer and second generation homesteader and farmer here at the Urban Homestead. Um, we're going to call this episode Homestead Happenings, and what a crazy last few weeks it's been uh weather wise uh, it's today it's somewhat smoky still from all the fires burning so we hope everyone is safe and well especially here in the western part of the states the fires have really ravaged um you know the forest and and yeah and the towns and just it's heartbreaking and we've been socked in with smoke pollution and so it's been pretty crazy so it's um yeah changing times for sure um with weather and fires and everything else so yeah so speaking of just the 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 pollution the smoke pollution and the fires one thing that we've been dealing with um it is it is fall we had the first day of fall just last week we're dealing with a like a heat wave of sorts and so justin tell me how's that affecting the garden right now well we had talked about it i think with the last episode about taking out some of the summer crops and turning over to fall and the issue is that we planted a bunch of false um, crops and the heat sort of singed them. It was like three or four days of triple digits. Was 115? No, that was Labor Day. Mm, this one, this just past week. Yeah. This past week was 105. Uh, yeah. For, mm. It was like 100, it was 99, 100, 105, 99, and I think it was 95 today. So obviously we just put a lot of water on there, but the peas got singed um, <laughs> poor babies <laughs> yeah they were like six inches tall they're looking good and tried to water them but the heat was too much um i saw some bagrata bugs come out and damage some of the arugula um, i mean there's we have some cucumber beds that are still growing this the trombocino squash love it um, but overall it was you know this late heat wave sets things back a bit so i wasn't able to obviously not transplant in triple digits able to plant some seeds and um, so yeah what is growing on the garden so like, are you saying what was coming in and when, what's going out so what's going out I saw a lot of the cherry tomatoes the wall of cherry tomatoes the tower of cherry tomatoes uh, finally fell uh, <laughs> 10 feet tall and then they came all the way down back down to the bottom so, so we pulled out our last cherry tomatoes today um, it's going to go to a salad mix we finally got salad mix available for the farm boxes so we had um, a nice harvest in the shade, northern side of the house. So yeah, what are the challenges? So we're going in the transition between summer, which is, is hanging on to fall. So what are the, some of the challenges when it comes to to growing the vegetables and stuff like that in that transition part? Well, if I had more space, I'd leave things up a little bit longer um, because there's a, you can get a, they took, the volunteers took down the pole beans and they got a couple pounds left and they had some flowers on there and I was like, okay, but then the spider mites started coming in with the heat 
There's a bunch of spider mites getting the beans and the tomatoes. Um, so spider mites, what do, what do, what is what what are those for people who don't know, and how can they, um, if the, their garden gets infested with spider mites, how can they control them? How do you control them? Well, I can't. I haven't found anything organically that controls them. This year, surprisingly, they came in October. Usually they come in September, so I think it was a, a little bit better management, a little bit better compost, a little bit better soil. Um, so I was happy that they weren't as bad, but you could they started coming in with this last this final heat wave, and I could see them on the tomatoes and the cucumbers. They're little, tiny, itsy-bitsy, red, um, basically spider-looking. Things. And what do they they attack? Quote, attack. You like they said tomatoes the, and cucumbers. They suck the leaves out of the. I mean, suck the juice or suck the moisture out of the tomatoes, cucumbers, beans. Mm -hmm. Those are the big three. It's at the end of the season, so I'm not really concerned with it. And I've talked about it before. I could spend a hundred dollars in organic Omri listed neem oil and kill it, but and I get an extra week maybe of harvest so it's always a challenge to say well when do you spray when do you just pull it up um, mm -hmm. I'm happy that we got this far without any spraying or of any kind and it was able to tolerate or manage mm -hmm. the damage a little bit better but they did definitely come in they came in strong this last few weeks so anything new you're growing this fall that you're gonna maybe try that you didn't try last fall in terms of you know or is this gonna Oh, uh, broccoli rob was popular last year. I last last year. Oh, sorry. Uh, in spring, I grew a batch of uh, broccoli rob. We used to grow it years and years ago. And it was so popular on the farm box list that this time I got to jump on it. So I'm planting it in fall, and hopefully it'll last twice as long. Um, I got some shallots and some green onions that are very popular on the farm box list. I'm trying to grow more of those, and obviously our salad mix is always popular mm -hmm. you know yeah I see some radishes growing and of course like you said the trombocino squash which is our favorite if you don't haven't noticed or haven't known this from listening to the podcast episodes the trombocino squash is one of our favorite squashes here at the urban homestead because it's one squash and it has two two uses in the when they're green and small you can eat them like zucchini and when they get large and they the shell turns hard and like orange dry, tan and dry you can eat, eat it like a butternut. So for one, for, for you get a lot of bang for your butt for one little squash. Yeah, so we love that. Oh, and the squash blossoms, yeah. So we love that, and you can see pictures on our probably Instagram and Facebook. So um, let's see. Uh, you, so with all the greens, the the stuff that's coming down from the from the summer crops, I see like I said the tower tomatoes, and there's so there's a lot of green waste. So. So I would say, what was it, from June to probably now, the yard was pretty much the same, stable, not really taking down. So this is a big transition time where you can't see across the yard, now you can because you're taking all the 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 tall things that grew for the summer. So there's a lot of green waste. So what are you doing with the green waste? I know uh, one of our volunteers is an avid composter and he's really been helping here at the homestead managing, I guess you would say, the compost pile. So. Um, you told me the story about how you took down the tomatoes the other day and within two weeks the What was it? How many bins of? Uh, green material just got composted in like two weeks. Yeah, it was incredible. There's still piles scattered around the yard because we're, There's only so much space in the compost pile, but um, 
thanks to Sanjay, we're able to compost a lot quicker and faster than we used to. And there's a lot of turnover, which is great. So then the turnover of the compost um, matures faster or decomposes faster. So that helps. Um, yeah. There's always there's always the issue of where to put it. Um, when there's the other day, it was like ten trash cans full of compost. I'm like, oh, what am I gonna do with that? But then all the containers need to be replenished. The raised beds need to be topped off. So so far, we found homes for all our soil. <laughs> but at one point, we're at the top of the um, raised beds and running out of containers. So we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, I know recently, with because of certain things, there's a lot of talk of regenerative agriculture, regenerative soil management, re, you know, regenerative. So um, that was, you know, that is the word, um, you know, that people are using. And so actually here at the homestead for the last, what, 30 years, we've been not only growing food, but growing soil. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like how you mean, I, I was telling Sanjay the other day, I was like, you should, you know, we did a couple years away our harvest but I was quite curious to see like maybe how much are we harvesting or growing so how many pounds cubic yards that we actually growing here at yeah, the homestead. I don't have time for that but there's definitely the volume you could see in terms of bins and buckets and barrels of compost and you say where where'd that come from and where's it going and then the next thing you know a week it's or two soil. later it's all gone and like okay then we do the process all over again at some We've hit maybe the last five to ten years where we haven't had the need to buy um, soil. We buy rock dust or castings and stuff like that, but soil, um, you know, to fill up the beds, except for seed starting mix and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But yeah, I think we talked about that in the last episode was um, you, you want to not get the, because of the soil mix, uh, our soil is not sterilized, so everything except the kitchen sink comes up in it so when you want to start your yeah, soil problem blocks with all the you know the compost goes in and then um, the tomato bed you know you turn over the tomatoes that fell the tomatillos that fell and turn them over and all of a sudden the heat wave comes in and it's a what was supposed to be a carpet full of salad greens <laughs> is now a carpet full of tomato greens so obviously tomatoes are poisonous so we have to pull those out um, that because they're mixed in with the mescaline. Yeah, yeah. because it should be cooler and they shouldn't have grown as fast. But with mm -hmm. the heat, the tomatoes are like thank you very much, and they <laughs> uh, sort of took off because we're turning over the tomato beds, and obviously tomatoes fell, mm -hmm. and we're water, heat, mm -hmm. tomatoes. Boom. So yeah. So the amaranth, um, I have an issue with pulling that out, but at least I can use it in the salad mix. But tomatoes I can't use in the salad mix. Right. So uh, some other things that have been going on in the homestead. Um, we have expanded the barnyard uh, just because with COVID times, we don't have any, we've sort of suspended workshops and tours and things like that. So we're taking this opportunity to look at, you know, a 30-year-old homestead. It's, um, you know, almost over 30, 30 years old that we've been there. Things get old. Things get old, needs to be maintained. And we're, as, as second generation homesteaders, we're looking at ways to manage, improve, and, and be, be more, you know, be it's more efficient. efficient in what we're doing. So we're just taking this time to just evolve and expand and, and, and improve. So one of the Im improvements we, def we figured out was to expand the barnyard. So if you were familiar with our property in the back of the, back of the garage is our 
chicken coop slash compound run sort of thing. So we expand that to go to the whole length of the property. So that's pretty cool. So they have a larger chicken run, which we're hoping, and chicken run slash duck uh, run, because the chickens and ducks live together. We're hoping um, maybe come spring that we'll bring back goats to the homestead, meaning we had goats for the ooh, over 10 years. Did you talk about the new ducks? Um, I haven't done that talk yet, but yeah. So we've had uh, goats for about, what was it? 12 years and they pass away of old age. So we're shooting maybe for in spring to bring the goats back because as we find that we are starting to stabilize the homestead with, you know, our father's passing and then doing the business and just doing a lot of things. We're kind of found our new rhythm of, especially in the COVID times. And so we're looking at ex expansion and Justin said, we brought in some baby ducks. Um, that to add to our flock we were last for the last two years we weren't able to get any chicks uh, ducks or chickens because of the newcastle quarantine so they just lifted that in i think it was june or july so we were able to get um some ducks because our our flock is getting older and so we needed to bring some new blood in to bring back or to have duck eggs um so we're excited about that and they grew really fast I can have my sister on. I want her to talk about like holistic, you know, chicken, backyard chickens and ducks. But I noticed, and for me, like I said, this is our fourth batch of ducks, I think. It's I think been so long. Four, four years. Yeah. Years, every something like that. So the fourth years, batch of ducks, I noticed that in the, the first two batches we did in spring. You know, it's like, oh, spring babies, spring chicks. And then the, the, about the third batch, uh, when came around a couple years ago, some we didn't get around to spring so we did it sort of some late summer and i noticed that that last time that they the ducks were really healthy and they grew really fast and again it looked like this time around same thing i don't know what it is they seem to grow overnight they're over a little over three weeks and they look like little dinosaurs they just <laughs> exploded and everybody's like those are the same ducks i'm like yeah they're like no they're not they were just so tiny and i'm like no they are the same ducks so it's been cool to have babies back on here in the homestead and um and I want to uh, been researching about, you know, making improvements. So one of the improvements to the barnyard compound would be a, a duck aponic system, which would be pretty cool. I've been looking at that um, so that the we don't have to like uh, change the water every time. So like I said, looking at expanding, evolving. And so that's always fun to just challenge ourselves to do things like that. And in, and in the garden front, Justin, you, you put it up in a greenhouse. Tell us a little bit about that. In the corner of the property, one of the final corners that we haven't touched in a while, we were able to clean it out and put in a new greenhouse. Um, our previous greenhouse had sort of been used, it wasn't a walk-in, it was a little corner one, and we are able to upgrade that. Um, it fits perfectly, it's a little tight, but it's a turns in a wasted area into... Grow space. Hopefully a profitable grow space, because... It does. I mean, it doesn't get really cold, but it's nice to have cuttings or seedlings in the in a covered area, protected from critters or heat or cold. You know, so it it's going to come in handy. I got to put in some shelving and some maybe a wheatgrass system or a fodder system or microgreens. Yeah, so that's going to be exciting. So. Like I said, the downtime has really challenged us to look at the four corners of our yard and and go to places that you know that we haven't touched in a while and 
and like look at it and renovate and uh, reimagine and evolve to make it more efficient. So we always said that if in previous episodes about the challenges of homestead is is uh, with this with this time in the, in the season when we go into summer, fall, winter when it starts to go into downtime, this is the always time for us to take stock at what we grew this year, what we did well, what we didn't go well. So it's always Justin always keeps a journal and there's always you know uh you know points in the in the year to to mark and and see how well you're doing and 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 and, you know so that you can you know improve on the next year and i think that's one of the most challenging things especially for us as second generation homesteaders is to keep evolving you know because like i said things in the yard it you know like you said maybe worked for 10, 15 years now, maybe they're not working because of climate change or they grew too well and are shading certain things. So we're always transitioning the and, and, and evolving the garden, you know, re-landscaping almost every every fall and winter. So some of the- I think we touched base on that one about um, what we can sell anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, this year we had quite a great harvest on the cucumbers. They grew really fast, produced a lot of cucumbers, one, two, two foot long cucumbers, and then I planted a late crop cucumbers, they were really good. Um, I, the tomatoes did really good, but they sort of outgrew. Combination was, I planted them pre-COVID, COVID happened and they outgrew the trellises. So they were they, growing they faster doubled. than, they were growing faster than I could trellis them. Or I was busier because so of they COVID. basically ta- they out- went fell to the top and then and fell then back. fell down. So it was a, almost double. They were almost double the size. It was hard size. to pick and hard to find the mm-hmm. cherries buried under there because you had to lift them up versus things. I have to work on uh, trellising them better, um, or you know, how do you say that? Uh, stay on top of it. Yeah. They, they came at they started growing and then COVID happened and I was, wasn't able to catch up mm-hmm. on the tomato trellising. Yeah, um, so you have to be on top of things. Some people uh, pinch theirs or they actually they maintain. They prune theirs mm-hmm. and uh, I have, uh, I sometimes put too many in a bed or <laughs> um, they grew very, very well and then they collapsed the, the trellis. trellises mm-hmm. because they're so heavy. Um, yeah, but I'm happy so. with the lack of spider mites. The beans did well. The, new, the tromacino did well again. Finally, yeah, like was, I said, we were very disappointed in the basil. That was the basil. One thing. I did not understand that, but all I could figure out was a different variety or seed batch was bad. Could have been. It could have been bad. Could have yeah. been weather. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I mean, um, one harvest and done. I remember last year was. I was so proud of the basil. I, you know, all the basil in the farm boxes came from our yard and. This time it was like, wow, where to go? <laughs> so, they had the pow- downy mildew or whatever, powdery mildew. But mm-hmm. we have to work on the basil part. Yeah, so like I said, there's always improvement, you know, just when you think you get a handle on it, something else, you know, and that's what, what gardening is. It's never going to be the same every year. And so, some of the challenges we tell people, so it's always, um, it's always something different that, it's you know, comes up, whether weather-wise or, or things like that. So it's um every year is a different year especially this year like i said it was an interesting year uh weather wise and like i said the last month has been smoky and hot and just so bizarre it's been 
thrown a couple earthquakes. Oh yes, we had an earthquake too. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, it was like check off, away. check off the boxes for the end times. Earthquake, fire, check, COVID. I mean, that's pretty. I mean, that's pretty sad. But that's what the state of the world is these days now. So you have to kind of have fi find some humor. But um, yeah, so some other things that's. Um, but we, what are you going to be doing in the fall? Come around the homestead or in the garden? Maybe share a little bit. Like what? What are your what are your like plans is like okay this you know come the fall i'm going to do this or come the spring i want to do this what are some of your uh, you know hopes you know, and dreams for to, i mean i've finished the greenhouse it's mm -hmm. three quarters 90 percent done it finished the last um, vent and door and then work on maybe microgreens or to work on a refrigeration system mm -hmm. um, with the farm boxes they sort of outgrew our base our, our refrigeration system, system. so yes. I have to catch up with that um, then we have this I mean turning over the garden and then we have the raccoons digging up the beds so. what do you do about the raccoons digging up your beds well the one time you're supposed to put wire I would put wire or mesh or bamp, like lattice over mm -hmm. the top and because of the compost that we added have grubs or worms the raccoons are like Thank you very much. So, <laughs> the freshly planted beds, if you don't cover them with wire, stuff like that, the raccoons come at cute little three little uh, siblings come in at night and they demolish it. So, uh, I keep putting wire on there and they keep finding with their little bitty hands, they keep getting underneath it or in the corners. So, I put <laughs> more wires. More wires. <laughs> and then now I put some road covers on top and then that might stop it. Hopefully, they don't rip the covers. But yeah, so. you know, it's every seasonal thing, but the compost, and then they're they're excited when you water. It brings the grubs to the surface, and they're not hurting the. I mean, they're not eating the plants; they're getting the worms and the grubs. But yeah, they do. Them. They do destroy that the pretty little rows that you have. Yeah, it's sure. just this. I think I lost one total lettuce bed. I just, a volunteer planted, and I was like, ah, I just like we got busy, and I forgot to put the wire down. Mm -hmm. All it takes is And one then that <laughs> night they came in and watered it, and the next day was like 100 degrees. And by the time I saw that they had dug it up, the the lettuce was, was toast. Toast, and then, you know, like, yeah, man, so. so keeping on top of everything, feel like we're spinning plates in every direction for sure. So um, when you homestead and you, uh, you know, homestead is not just, you know, having a garden. You have, you know, we have chickens and we have ducks and we have customers of the farm boxes. And then, you know, they said you have your hydroponic wheatgrass and then your greenhouse and so there's never ending uh you know you wake up and your day doesn't stop till you pass out falling asleep because there's always something to do not to mention the the you know dealing with the produce and 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 cooking and pre and preparing and i gotta get to speaking of which i gotta get to canning hopefully tomorrow well it's like <laughs> we were talking i was talking to some of the farmers that bring in the stuff for the farm boxes and they're they're at the same situation too they you know their summer stuff is done but their fall stuff's not ready so we have a gap so uh the i'm not saying there's slim pickings in the farm box but there's the variety is not as much or the quantity is not as much yeah and we have to so. when we have to educate them people they think it's 24 7 so when they say oh no peaches we're like yeah no peaches and so yeah, no educating greens, yeah. the f and it is we have to say that we have to always tell them there's a gap 
summer's winding down fall's just starting so there's going to be a gap and you're not going to get everything you want and it's going to cha be changing so that's another thing is to all these new farm box customers educating them like what's going on what's in season what's not available what's coming up so um it's um it's it's interesting to see that because we're so programmed for having everything we want 24 7 we're not used to like oh no more of that no 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 more of that till maybe next year so that's a whole learning experience for some of our new farm box customers so speaking of farm box customers we're we're grateful for that they've um holding us uh through the COVID times because like i said that's our only form of income these days um, and then recently we've had, um, I think I touched on that about our nonprofit, which, um, yeah, their first zoom meeting. Yeah. Virtual, first zoom, that was virtual <laughs> board meeting, virtual board meeting, the new norm hashtag, the new norm. Um, so that was interesting, but, um, but it's, it's good to connect and, and get, tell our board members what's going on and what the plans are and, and things like that and what we're sh shooting for. So one of the. Um, and I can maybe talk about this in another episode, but one of the things that we're looking to do is maybe an outdoor learning kitchen. So we have the garden, we have the barnyard with the animals, but, and we have a patio space. So in part of the patio space, we like to maybe make an outdoor learning kitchen, especially now with the COVID times, um, outdoor, uh, outdoor learning, outdoor education is a thing. People are seeing that outdoors is not so uh, maybe dangerous as being inside. So. That was one of the things I, we presented to the board and they liked the idea. So hopefully we'll um, get a proposal um, and, some funding. and some funding uh, donations and grants. I don't know if that applies, but that's what we're working on. So as we're, we're busy behind the scenes, uh, doing a lot of stuff, uh, hopefully growing the future as we, you know, grow into 2021 and to see what that expects, you know, what to expect for that. Uh, what are your some of your plans for 2021 on uh, on the homestead front? If we make it that far, I no. know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I like to get like you talked about get a, get a hang uh, get on top of the tomato trellising. Mm -hmm. um, the row covers. I need a bunch of new row covers because mm -hmm. every three to five years they sort of de deteriorate yeah. or decompose. Um, so I need to research that and try to find one that'll. Uh, work for us. Um, some of the ones I don't like because they're too light. Um, bring back the aquaponics, the aquaponics, whatever you want to call it. Um, try to figure out a refrigeration system. Be a little bit more efficient on that. And be more efficient on the farm boxes. So that seems like yeah. the garage. I mean, we could sell everything we can grow. It's mm -hmm. just trying to figure out what can we grow that's win win situation because mm -hmm. I don't like growing root crops, but radishes are, you know, 30 days and you're done. And you could pick them so that I might go more efficient. Ahead, mm -hmm. Go towards that and the green onions and maybe more crops because uh, you know we did talk about the cater of the country club are not buying as much or open, mm -hmm. so I we'll have to figure out what what mm -hmm. we're going to do with all the um, space. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been fun times. Like I said, the weather's been crazy and the smoke's been difficult to breathe. But it's been fun to have uh, babies back on the homestead, the baby ducks, quacking their, well, almost quacking. They all now sound like they have frogs in their throat. So maybe in a week or two, they'll start um, quacking. But I was um, sort of looking at uh, Instagram, uh, I forget which page it was, but this 
there was a picture of all these different color eggs and it was like pink, black, gray. I was like, okay, goals, hashtag goals. I want to, I want all my eggs to look like that. So, um, there's a, maybe a chicken. So did you name the ducks? Chicken. And, okay. So yes, we named, uh, we hot have, lips. <laughs> no, hot lips. that was a nickname because she was the only one with a little pink beak. Um, so Cleo was like Cleopatra because she had little um, eyeshadow on her eyes. And one of the volunteers named the Khaki Campbell, uh, one of the Khaki Campbells, um, Kiwi because she looked like a Kiwi. So what kind of ducks we did get was um, our, our favorites. And we can talk more of that in another episode was um, they're considered like egg laying land ducks. So we got two Khaki Campbells and two Welsh Harlequins. We've always... Um, had those breeds here in the homestead and we continue to um, have them because they provide really amazing eggs and they don't need um, like a pond pond uh, some other ducks so yeah so two half of them have names oh no I think now Jordy said my sister said uh, the other khaki camel was named she had it came up in her dream that she and I were talking and we named her Hazel so I guess that means we name her Hazel I don't know so she's like I think one? I know what the other name huh what's so the, the fourth four, well Right now, I was thinking hot lips, but then I was thinking because she's like loud, so and 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 she has that lips, and I'm thinking maybe it's Lady Gaga. I don't know. <laughs> it's like who's like bra you know, like it's just like you know, it just there, you know. Who else is there but, than Lady Gaga? So she might be Lady Gaga, Cleo, Hazel, Maybe and kids. yeah, and uh, Kiwi. So um, I'm. Well, we got 15 ducks. We only keep keep four. Yeah. So we've done homes. For yeah. So the other ones went to another farm in. Um, that my friends, uh, that not my friend, that Jordan's helping, who's her friend, to uh, have the ducks so that we can uh, supply more duck eggs to our farm box customers. So there's definitely a lot going on in the works and behind the scenes, and every day is a is a challenge, but it's rewarding because it keeps us grounded, especially when the world's in chaos. We know what we have to do here every day, and so that um, we appreciate that and are blessed because of that. So. Um, we appreciate everybody tuning in and um, tuning into podcasts. We skipped last week because it was um, our holy days for us. So it's a happy new year to um, those that are celebrating and happy fall to the rest of y'all. And uh, what do you want to say till till next time? time, Keep on growing and be safe. Yeah. Be safe out there and be well. Go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway, right down there on the urban We love to hear your feedback or questions. Visit us at urbanhomestead.org to check out what's happening on the homestead. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And until next time, keep on growing.